0: Love you. Love you I believe it. Hello. Check, check, check. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist yelling at people. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is God's word. Okay? So I know, Judy, it's so wonderful for you to be here. Yeah. Stupid COVID. You are here, and, and we're happy about it. Um, we're moving really slow through Matthew 3. Um, which was not my intent. My calendar says something different. But um, the Lord just kind of keeping us hovering, or me hovering uh, around it. So where we've been? John shows up in the wilderness, and he's preaching, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so for those who are repentant, that message is really good news, okay? Um, When the kingdom does arrive, for those who are repentant, they will be raised bodily, they, they will be judged, they will be welcomed into the kingdom, and then they will be gathered like wheat into the barn. Okay, thumbs up. Good stuff. For the unrepentant, this message is very, very bad news because when the kingdom does arrive, they'll be raised bodily, they'll be judged, and they'll be kicked outside of the city and burned like like the uh, uh, chaff in the fire. Okay, so depending on where you're at, John's announcement is good news. Or, or it's bad news. It's a very disruptive message that John is preaching, and he's preaching it just like uh, uh, Elijah preached it, and, and Isaiah preached it, and Ezekiel preached it, and, and on and on and on. And Amos preached it. Okay, and Joel preached it, and the, the whole deal. Okay, he's just a prophet saying, "Repent! The King of Heaven is at hand." And I say that to say Israel has seen this movie twenty times. Okay. Um, so we were, we were snowed in, and um, Brody and Sierra wanted to watch The Dark Knight, and I didn't want to watch it because I've seen it nine million times. Okay, As soon as Heath Ledger got on the screen, though, I was in. I, mean, I was good, but at the, I was like, I've seen this movie before. And the movie for Israel is, is, Israel, if you don't return to the Lord, judgment's coming. And that's the cycle that goes on and on and on and on and on and on. But the message of the gospel is one day that cycle will end, okay? One, one day they will return to the Lord, okay? So that, that that happened, and then the Pharisees and Sadducees come out, right? The religious leaders of Israel, they come out, and John lets them have it too. And he says, you brood of vipers, you, you snakes who eat your way out of your mother's womb and, and bloody mess and kill them. I don't care who your dad is, right? You're saying we have Abraham as our father. John says, I don't care. If you will not bear fruit, okay, I don't care, you know, what pedigree you got. If you will not bear fruit in keeping with repentance, the axe is laid at the root of the tree, and it will be cast into the fire. So Pharisees and Sadducees, because I love you, because God loves you, flee the coming wrath. Repent. Turn from your sins. And then he says, verse 11, that we read, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His wind-wing fork's in his hand. He's going to take the wheat and put it in the barn. He's going to take the chaff and throw it into the fire, okay? So now it's getting real, right? This is a, an intense message from John the Baptist, and there's murmuring around John's message, okay? Because you hear about it. Like, I mean, we don't have Twitter and whatever back then, but word's gotten out. There's a wild man out in the wilderness preaching about the kingdom of God. Maybe that's the Messiah, Right? Maybe John is the anointed one who the Father will give all authority to judge the living and the dead. Maybe it's John. Maybe John's the guy who inaugurates the kingdom of God and who brings in the day of the Lord. But John is not going to have that. Okay, He he hears the chatter and he's going to blow up that theory and says, You guys thought it was me? Guys, you thought it was me. I'm just baptizing you with water now so you're ready when the real guy comes. You know what I mean? Like like he, he's just not having it. He who's coming after me is mightier than I. I just look funny. Right? Like I, I just have some some oratory prowess. The guy coming after me, he's got more than water in his arsenal to douse you with. Okay, to dunk you in. And so if you guys remember concerts. Yeah. People would gather and, and there'd be people singing, and we would all, yeah, okay. Those were a thing. Okay. And Lord willing, they'll be again. So you don't go to those concerts and get super stoked about the local garage band who's opening. Uh, unless you're related to them. You know? I'm there for the opener. Um, <laughs> And it's wonderful. It's always better than the ones after. Um, but you, normally you go and you're like, "All right, Garage Band." I go sit down because my back can't handle stand. Like I used to love concerts. I hate them now. If I can watch it on television, that that's so much better. But anyway, you're not stoked about the Garage Band, especially if the person coming after is Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? Like this no-name band you've never heard of before, you don't get all jazzed about them. You want to see Zeppelin. And John says, guys, Zeppelin's up next. That's who's coming after me. John is preaching, and he is moving in power. But the coming judge, the one after him, the one mightier than him, the, the true powerful one, the one we'll find out later, has been anointed by the Father with all authority to judge the living and the dead. All authority in heaven and on earth is given to him. That's who's mightier than I. That person's coming after me. So don't get excited about the garage band. Get excited about Zeppelin who's coming or... Carmen. Carmen. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I actually meant to do this. I'm sorry. We need to take a moment of silence. Um, Carmen, do you guys know who Carmen is? Of yes. course. Carmen passed away this week, and no. um, and that was rough. That was rough. I'll see him again, and we will sing and dance, and, and um, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I never thought he'd die, but <laughs> but he did. We'll see him again. So, Lord, thank you for Carmen. Wow, I forgot about that. It was been a crazy morning. There was a pipe burst at the banks. So There's standing water over there. And the sidewalks were all crazy and all kinds of stuff. So I forgot to take a moment of silence for Carmen. So. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So who's the mightier than I that John is talking about? Verse 2. He told them, right? The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the? The Lord. Okay, make his paths straight the one mightier than i john says is not just another prophet though he is a prophet he's not just another ezekiel or jeremiah or or isaiah or whoever the one coming the one mightier than i is god himself okay the god of israel john says he's coming to you you know the last time that happened guys that he came in it like this mount sinai which is a huge deal Mount Sinai, okay, you guys guys have seen Charlton Heston, and please raise your hand if you've seen the Ten Commandments, okay, Easter, please watch it, (laughs) okay, Mount Mount Sinai, it's a huge deal, at Sinai, we get what's called a, a theophany, okay, where the Lord himself is actually Present, okay? Not not in the spirit. I mean, like, the, the Lord is present. Comes down in a cloud and fire. Exodus 19, Mount Sinai was all in smoke. Not metaphorical smoke, not allegorical smoke, not spiritual smoke. Actual, physical smoke descends on the mountain because the Lord has descended on it in fire. Not allegorical fire, not spiritual fire, not metaphorical Fire. Fire coming down on the mountain and the Israelites looking at it and Moses standing in it and not being burned. Whoa! (laughs) And its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked violently. Did anyone feel the earthquake? When was that? Saturday? Friday. Friday. Yeah, do you feel it? Okay, that's nothing. (laughs) The mountain quaking violently and Israel standing there with the sound of the trumpet, a real trumpet. Not a spiritual trumpet, an actual trumpet sound blowing out into the Arabian desert. When it grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him with thunder. Not spiritual thunder, actual thunder from the voice of God. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountains so of Sinai. If you know your Bible story, is a massive turning point in Israel's history. And, and so is what's about to happen out in the wilderness with John. Okay? Like Sinai, huge deal. What John's announcing, huge deal. Okay? Very big deal. God is coming. God himself, the one mightier than John, is coming to visit his people. And John is saying this, again, just triggers Isaiah 40 in their minds. We look, at, I think, two, two weeks ago with all the good news and all the bad news that Isaiah 40 brings about the coming of the Lord. Isaiah forty one and 2 is the announcement that the coming Lord will comfort Israel. Isaiah 44 is the announcement that all the wrong things will be made right. Isaiah 45 is the announcement that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it. 46 and 8 is the announcement that the Lord alone is trustworthy. He's, he's the only one who can complete the task. And Israel at this point in their history has been looking for people out in the desert, rebels out in the desert, or secret hidden deals in the temple rooms to, to bring about the kingdom of God. And John is saying, "No, only one guy can do this." Okay, and I would just say to the American church, "Only one guy can fix everything." Okay, yeah. all your hope has to be there. If it's in somewhere else, you know, insurgency out in the desert you know, making deals in the inner rooms, uh-uh, ain't gonna work. Only one guy can do this. Verse nine tells Israel to behold your God. Tells Jerusalem to fear not because you're about to announce good news. Verse ten: Look, the sovereign Lord comes as a victorious warrior. His military power, his arm establishes his rule. Isaiah 40:11: The Lord will tend Israel like a shepherd. Isaiah 40:27 and 30 announce that God will renew Israel's strength. And so John is out in the desert shouting, "God is coming." He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. So repent, because he's going to do something when he comes. Okay, he has an action, and then to further illustrate the distance between himself and and the coming Lord, John says, verse eleven: I baptize you with water for repentance, but he was coming after me, smarter than I, and I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. Okay, I, I don't even touch the feet. Now it's totally normal for the prophets to identify as. Servants of God, okay? Elijah did it, Daniel did it, Jeremiah did it, always calling themselves servants, okay? But John's going to take that and, and, and go lower than than servants, okay? In that time period, the, the, the servants in the house uh, do all the foot stuff, okay? Which, so I'm just out. I am just I know my own feet. I don't need to see uh, anyone else's, all right? They, they, they wash the feet. They wash the sandals. They, they do the whole thing. But John says, I'm not even worthy to do that, I, I can't even touch the guy's feet. Okay, so listen to John's heart in John chapter 3. Some of John's disciples are worried that Jesus is gaining more followers than John, which is bonkers, right? Like, we would never worry that a church is, was getting more members than us, would we? No, not us. So listen to what he says. John three twenty eight. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I'm not the Christ but I've been sent before him the one who has the bride is the bridegroom the friend of the bridegroom John who stands and hears him he rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice therefore this joy of mine is now complete because Jesus has more followers than John John says my joy is complete now therefore he must increase but I must decrease so I just John John gets it okay there's no confusion in John's mind John's joy is complete when Jesus following grows not John's, okay? When the Lord is, is exalted and lifted up and John goes down and no one remembers him anymore. Now, what's ironic is we all remember John, right? We're pretty big character in the story, okay? So I just want to say a few things here to you human beings, okay? The default setting of man, okay? Your factory setting that you are born with is to bring glory and honor to yourself, okay? Now, that's different in different people. Some of it, that's really expressed and really obvious. In some people, it's not as obvious, but it's in all of us. We want to be worshipped and we want to be loved. And because the nature of our message as believers, as disciples of Jesus Christ, as people who are following him, because the nature of our message is so wonderful and it's so powerful and it's so life-giving and it's so awe-inspiring, okay, like it is, there, there's no message like the gospel message. And because we're the carriers of it, we will sometimes use it, sometimes willfully, sometimes subconsciously, and not on purpose. We will use this glorious message about this glorious king who died on our behalf and is coming again to make all things new. We will use that message to draw men's affections after ourselves and not to the Lord in the name of the Lord. Okay? You know, there's a word for this. It's called prostitution. Okay? Okay? it it is selling it's it's selling ourselves we we want ourselves to be worshipped instead of lord and so i fear Whereas uh, when Paul and Barnabas go and preach to the pagans and, and they tell them, uh, they tell the history of the story. In the beginning, God made all things and you guys sin, and he lets you go along for a time. But now he's calling all men everywhere to repent. So trust in the Lord and repent of your sins and believe in Jesus. The pagans want to rush John, Paul and Barnabas and they want to build statues for them and worship them and call them gods. And so Paul and Barnabas, what do they do? They set up their book table and start their book tour and, and get their... No, they tear their garments and fall to their knees and say, we are not gods. We, we're, we're... Like, they are heartbroken. They are physically ill. that They are ascribing worship to the messengers rather than to the, the, the yeah. one the message comes from. And, and it's my worry that rather than doing that, we would kind of like it, Okay? Maybe not you. I know me, okay? I, I know, I love it when people say, that was a great sermon, Joshua. Okay? okay, And I, it's not, that's not on you, that's on me. To say, mm, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it is just a wicked thing in the human heart. And it plays out for me as a preacher. It's going to play out for you in all kinds of... Of different ways, okay? Gloria and Michelle run the food pantry, and guys, you don't know how many people we help week in and week out. It's really it's, – it, for a town our size, like with a population our size, the amount of people that we're able to help is is really staggering, okay? And it, it's so – the temptation is just always there. Gloria, you're so good. Thank you for do, doing – I know she's not as much a sinner as I am, but you <laughs> – you get the point, okay? It, it'll increase your YouTube views, okay? Or it causes people in your church or your Sunday school to, ooh, and ah, revelatory gifts. Wow, he really knows his Bible. And, you, and we start to worship man. And so we read John this way. We say, he must increase, and I must increase. Just not what he said, right? <laughs> he must increase, and, and I must decrease, all right? I, I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. Right, my job as the best man is that when the groom comes down the aisle, everybody's looking at the groom. Yeah. Everybody's going, Wow, look at the groom and he's tux and the whole deal. No one, you don't want to be looking at the best man. Okay? John was like Count Zinzendorf, right? Count Zinzendorf, uh 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 Let's do this quick. Started a hundred year, 24, hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, prayer meeting for the Moravians. Out of this hundred year prayer meeting, launched the modern missions movement because prayer and intercession are tied together. But he said this preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. Says the guy we all quote about. <laughs> so I would just caution on, on two fronts, okay? Ask the Lord. For a discerning spirit, for the voices you're listening to. Ask how they read John 3.30. Ask if they would tear their robes or launch a book tour if the pagans started to worship them. Okay. Second, especially you who are growing in the scriptures and the knowledge of God. And guys, I have a front row seat to some of this. There are people in our church who, I mean, I'm sure there's more than who I observe. People I observe who are growing in the scriptures and the knowledge of God. And it's wonderful. They're just hungry for the Bible. And they're, and they're hungry for prayer, and they're hungry to get, to get together and, and, and do the whole deal. And so as you grow in the Scriptures, and as you grow in the knowledge of God, the default, like, what's going to happen is you're going to start to make disciples. That's good! Okay? But check your spirit. It's like, are you drawing men after yourself and your gifts and, and the revelation the Lord's given you from the Scriptures or the Lord? You got, you just got to be careful. Okay? Okay? Especially the way Western Christianity works, where we put everyone on stage, okay? It's a it's a real it's a real thing. It's easy for Christ to increase as long as we get to increase as well. That's not what John says, okay? So I just want this warning deep in your heart. Maybe that wasn't for anyone this morning. Just kind of felt the Lord saying, "Hey, make sure you tell them how horrible they are this morning." <laughs> and the temptation, okay? So. That's not the main point of the message. I just wanted to share it. Here's the main point. So verse eleven I baptize you with water, the one is coming after me is biter than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Alright. <laughs> Baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a specialized term that John made up. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a specialized term the apostles made up. Baptism in the Holy Spirit isn't a specialized term that was invented at Azusa Street. Okay? Much as we love John and the Apostles and Azusa. The drenching and the baptizing of the Holy Spirit is simply the promise of the new covenant. And only the Lord is authorized, only the Lord has the power to actually baptize with the Spirit. Only the Lord can actually pour out the Spirit. So we're just going to blow through the prophets real quick, okay? I think we'll have it on the screen, so go with me. Isaiah forty four. I, the Lord, will pour out my spirit on your offspring, Israel, my and my blessing on your descendants. So who can do that? Only the Lord right? Preacher guy can't, can't do the deal. It has to be the Lord. Ezekiel 37, I, the Lord, will put my spirit within you. You shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord, okay? So only the Lord pours the spirit out. And John says, hey, the guy is right behind me. The guy who can do this is right behind me. Similarly, that the prophets prophesied that the outpouring of the spirit is a signpost Right? It's an announcement that, hey, the restoration of all things, the promise of Genesis 3, the promise of Genesis 12, and 15, and 17, and 2 Samuel 7, all that stuff, all the covenants. The way you know that's about to happen is when you see the Spirit poured out. Okay, So it's it's a signpost about the renewal of all things, Isaiah 32. For the palace is forsaken, bad. The populous city deserted, bad. The hill and the watchtower become dense forever, bad. A joy of wild donkeys, bad, although the donkeys are apparently happy. Okay. <laughs> A pasture of flocks. Okay, so that's, I, I, when Isaiah's prophesying, Isaiah 32, that's the state of Israel. Okay? Palace desert, like they're, they're going into exile, it, it's really bad news. That's Israel's state in John's day, uh, 600, 700 years later. That's Israel's state in 70 AD, when Rome comes in and, and flattens them. And exiles them, okay? And then we get all these New Testament letters written to the disciples who are in exile, okay? That's Israel's state in 1948, okay? When Israel came back in, the nation made in a day. Whoa! That's Israel's state in 1967 when they got Jerusalem back. That's Israel's state in 2021, okay? That's how things are right now for the ethnic descendants of Abraham. But on the day when the Lord pours out the Spirit, okay? So we've got all the bad stuff, palace, city. Donkeys running around, you know. Verse 15, it's like that until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. And then, when the Spirit's poured out, the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is deemed a forest. Then, until the Spirit's poured out, then justice will dwell in the wilderness. Righteousness will abide in the fruitful field and the effect of the righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. No more rockets pointed at Jerusalem 24 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Like the the giving of the spirit in this context is a big deal. Tied up in the mighty one that's coming after John is the giving of the Spirit. And tied up in the giving of the Spirit is the restoration of all things. And tied up in the restoration of all things is the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. It's a big deal. It's like a big, big, big deal. Ezekiel 36, you've heard this. But I'm going to read it to you probably every Sunday until you kick me out. <laughs> I, the Lord, will take you from the nations. I will gather you from all the countries. I will bring you into your own land. The same land I promised to Abraham. I'm not changing it. I will sprinkle clean water on you. You shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within Who's doing it? The Lord. Okay? The one coming after John is the guy who can do this. 27. I will put my spirit within you. I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. You shall be my people. I will be your God. Thus says the Lord, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited. Isaiah 32, they're not inhabited, right? The palace is deserted. The populous cities, uninhabited. Okay? I will cause them to be inhabited. The waste places shall be rebuilt. The land that was desolate shall be tilled. Instead of being the desolation that it was in the sight of all who passed by. And they will say, verse 35, they will say, The land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. Y'all, I mean, that's cool. (laughs) The waste and the desolate ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then, until, right? Then, the nations that are left all around you shall know that I am the Lord. I have rebuilt the ruined places. I have replanted that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. Guys, (laughs) hope you're alive to see that i hope i'm alive to see that i i love the holy spirit okay you're a christian duh okay yeah i know <laughs> i i love the holy spirit i love the spirit's ministry okay i am asking for more of his his work and his power in my own life and in our church's life okay like i just totally i'm, I'm all for that i'm believing for the spirit's gifts okay for the gift of administration, and apostleship, and discernment, and evangelism, and exhortation, and faith, and giving, and healing, and helps, and hospitality, and knowledge, and leadership, and mercy, and prophecy, and serving, and languages, and teaching, and wisdom. I want the whole bit, okay? If God's giving out stuff, I'm not going to be like, that's eh, all right, we're good. You know what I mean? But I want the whole deal. But the baptism of the Spirit, as John's alluding to it here, is so much bigger than some good church meetings. You know what I mean? And I love good church meetings. The reason I'm I'm here today is because when I was in junior high, we had some good church meetings. You know what I mean? It got nice. high school, We had some good church. Like, I left here like, Ooh. You know what I mean? Love all that. Want all that. Want that for you. I want you, before you go to bed tonight, to ask the Spirit for some gifts. Okay? Because he, he loves to give gifts. I mean, He's just, that's who God is. The whole, like, the whole, the whole bit. It's God saying, yeah, I'm... I'm generous, okay? Okay, sorry. The giving of the Spirit to a repentant Israel means the restoration of the whole earth. Okay? The, the giving of the Spirit to a repentant Israel is the land becoming like the Garden of Eden. That's awesome, okay? That's that's where you're, when you think about the end, guys, it's, it's wonderful. It, you know, and depending on your eschatology, there might be some bad stuff in between, but the end is just, it's marvelous. It's wonderful, okay? I, I, can, I can walk in this age through disappointment and trials and, and the whole bit because I know that's real, yes. okay? And I know that's real because there's a tomb. I don't know my directions. <laughs> Wherever Israel is. There's a tomb there that is empty, okay? And if God raised Jesus from the dead, that's the sign to us. Yes. That's, the, that's the confirmation to us that he's going to raise us from the dead. He's going to raise this earth from the dead, okay? That's, that's you know, stuff, you know, we're, we're going to differ on what happens in between there. That's where it ends, guys. The restoration, the renewal of all things. All things. So, what John's saying is massive. But, the one coming after John not only baptizes in the Spirit, he also baptizes in fire, and it's not the good kind. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So the unquenchable fire in, in John is just signifying eschatological Judgment. Okay, listen to the language of the prophets again, Isaiah 34. For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a day of recompense for the cause of Zion. And the streams of Eden shall be turned into pitch, and her soil into sulfur, and her land shall become burning pitch. Night and day it shall not be quenched, its smoke shall go up forever from generation to generation. It shall not lie waste, none shall pass through it forever and ever. Jeremiah, and they pour out drink offerings to other gods, and they provoke me to anger. Verse 19, the Lord says, is it I whom they provoke? Okay? You don't want to be on the other side of that sentence. You don't want to be who the Lord's talk. Is it I who you're provoking? How's that going to work for, out for you? Okay? Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, my anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place, upon man and beast, upon the trees of the field and the fruit of the ground. It will burn, and it will not be quenched. Malachi 4, behold, the day of the Lord is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and the evildoers will be stubble. That day is coming, and it shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Isaiah 30, for a burning place has long been prepared. For the king, it is made ready, its pyre made deep and wide with fire and wood in abundance. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of sulfur, kindles it. Guys, John wants them to avoid this. Jesus Wants them to avoid this. Okay? He wants them to turn from their sins so that they will be baptized in the spirit, not continue on in their sins, so they will be baptized with fire. Right? This is what this is what the mess the gospel message is for. It's because we love people. Because God loves people, and so he's warning you flee the wrath to come. Ezekiel 18. You think I get any pleasure when the wicked perish? No. It, but he wants that all should turn. And live. And so you see what John's doing here. In mercy. In mercy, he's giving the option, repent and be baptized in the spirit and be gathered into the barn as wheat. Or don't repent and receive a baptism of fire and be tossed out and burned with the chaff. Guys, the day of the Lord and the kingdom of God bring with them a distinction. Those with blood over their door and those without. The, those who trusted in God alone for salvation, and those who trusted in something else; those who lived as if the day of the Lord is real, and we will actually give account for our deeds in the body, and those who don't, and those who second Peter, Peter scoff at the day of the Lord. Said, you've been, "Peter, you've been talking about the day of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Things are just grinding on like they always have. The day of the Lord's not coming." Let's eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. Guys, the day of the Lord is coming, yes. okay? And, and, and we will give account for our lives on that day. And so uh, as we give account, are we going to point at Jesus, what he has done, what he's doing, what he's going to do on that day? Or are we going to rattle off some charity we did? You know what I mean? You don't want to stand on that day and say, I wasn't bad as the other guy. Right? Because there's always some... It's always someone next. So how do we avoid the fire? How do we flee the wrath to come? How do we inherit eternal life? Rachel read Psalm 1 and 2 this morning, which tells us how. So let me read that to you. Psalm 2, verse 11. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Fear of what? Trembling for what? Fear of God who can both destroy both the body and the soul in hell. Okay? Serve the Lord with fear and trembling because it's it's real. Yeah. And I know that's that, that can get soft on us and lost on us. Living in Oklahoma, we've heard about the heavens and hell our you know our whole life, turn or burn the whole deal. You, uh, the uh, the, uh, the Tonqua Baptist Church has a clock in the sanctuary and it says time to be saved. You know what I mean? Like we're we're just so used to it. And I would just want to press on you again on, on February twenty first, twenty twenty one. It's real. The day of the Lord is real. The books will be open for real. You will stand there for real. And in grace and in mercy, the Lord's saying, turn. Be baptized in the Spirit, not baptized in fire. Verse 12, kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way. For His wrath is quickly kindled. Okay? Terrifying all bad news. But blessed are all who take refuge in Him. (laughs) To take refuge in him, means to put all of your marbles in Christ's basket. All of your hopes for righteousness, all in Christ's life, okay? So you read the Gospels, and you see the perfect life, and perfect obedience, and perfect submission to God from Jesus, and you say, by faith, that's my life. To put all uh, the hopes for the removal of your sin in the cross, Okay, to look at your own life and not be, you know, lie about it. Be honest, and admit. Like I am a sinner. Okay, you think my actions are bad? You should see my thoughts. Okay, and it, it, and you 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 put, you look at the cross, guys. Nothing, so nothing changed. Okay, the Old Testament Levitical system. You put your hand on the animal, and then the priests go do their bit, and you leave. And you do that in repentance, and you leave, and nothing might have changed up here. you still got all the memories of your sin, right? It's all the consequences of your sin, but you're just trusting, okay, God, this is the arrangement you've made, that this animal's going to die instead of me for my sins, and then you just live by faith, like, okay, I guess that worked. We do the same thing with the cross, guys. We look Now we have the witness of the Spirit given to us, that's a whole other deal, but we look at the cross and we look, okay, God, you literally put your son on the cross for my sins, and I'm just going to believe that it worked. And then the Spirit's going to confirm that to us, but you know, it's the same thing. This is the, this is the lamb, though. So you put all your hopes for the removal of your sin, that you stand clean on that day in the cross of Christ. You put all of your hopes for resurrection in his resurrection, okay? Carmen is going to rise up out of his grave. Okay, that's a, because Christ, rose, so all my hope for resurrection is not in anything I've done, okay? I shoveled a bunch of snow this week in the parking lot, whatever, and like, that's when my elbow is hurting. I couldn't figure it out. It's like, why, why is my elbow and my back? And like, what is going on? It's like, oh, you're 29 and not 18. That's, <laughs> my, so my hope for resurrection isn't because I'm gonna eat, right, and exercise and, you know, get sunlight and drink lots of water. That's great. Do that. You're still going to die. My hope for resurrection is because on that day, Jesus rose up out of the grave. And he says, everyone who believes in him will live too and be resurrected too. So I'm not, I'm not hoping in my kale smoothie for resurrection. I'm hoping in, in the risen Lord. Who got all his guys, all my hopes for an anchor in this age. Hebrews says that, that's in his ascension. Refuge in him means to think about his ascension, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me, while the Father is is, is making his enemies a footstool, so he's going to come and crush them forever. That's my anchor when the wicked prosper. Okay? That's the nature of this age. The wicked prosper, guys. And you fight it, and you hate it, and whatever, and you grit your teeth, the wicked are going to prosper. But my anchor is not in what's happening in this age. My anchor is... okay there is a 33-ish year old Jewish man seated on a real throne next to the Father and he's not sweating about any of this. That's my anchor in this age. All my hopes for loving him and following him and walking a narrow path in this age, all my hope for that is in his spirit. Because I'm not going to churn that stuff up. I just trust the Holy Spirit. Okay. You said that you were going to lead me. You said that you were going to guide me into all truth. You said that you were going to keep me on a narrow path, and, and the whole bit—be my helper, be my comforter, Paraclete, the whole deal. That's I just bless. All who take refuge in Him, bless all who trusts in the Spirit to walk in this age before God, and all your hopes for the world to be set to rights in His return. Okay, that's what it means to take refuge. In him. His wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. In his life, in his death, in his cross, his resurrection, his ascension, his sending of the Spirit, and his return. All the marbles have to be there. If you've got them anywhere else, guys, you won't stand on that day. So, my question for you, longtime believer, my, my question for you who might not believe is where is your refuge? Okay? As the day of the Lord. Barrel's near, right? As it's burning like an oven. Where is your refuge? What's your plan to stand on that day? Do you have a plan to stand on that day? Some people don't have a plan. They're just, you know, walking around without hope in the world. That's just the Gentiles. They're just whatever, doing their thing. Do you have a plan for that day? And in Oklahoma, I, sorry, I just, I'm from Oklahoma, okay? So I know the game. I can play it. You're not going to aw shucks the Lord on that day. You just, you just not. You know, I was on, I was on the Chamber of Commerce or whatever. I, I did this and that. And I don't care. No. So, brothers and sisters, the day of the Lord is coming. Okay? Man, I, I didn't get to. We've been given the Spirit now in anticipation of that day. I didn't get to do that. But the day of the Lord is coming. So repent, turn to the Lord, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to lead you on in anticipation of that day. He who's coming after me is mightier than I. He will baptize you in the spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He's going to bring the wheat, put it in the barn. He's going to take the chaff, throw it into the fire. And so at our church, we are pleading with you, turn. Repent. Okay? And if you don't know what that looks like or what that means, talk to the person you came with today. If they're a member of our church, they can tell you. If you don't want to talk to them, because whatever, you can talk to me. I prefer you talk to them. Whatever. Okay? Talk to a Christian and ask them, what must I do to be saved? Okay? Amanda, would you come help us? So we're going to um, take the Lord's Supper today in remembrance of... Of all the stuff I just read, <laughs> the life and death, resurrection and ascension, and spirit sending and return. So, if you are a Christian, if if you believe this message, um, you can you can take this meal with us. If you if you haven't believed this message, um, please don't. Okay. So, if the deacons could come forward. I'll give instructions um, for after that.